My point in all of this is we're in this low inventory market. Okay, so what's happening is the mindset of the layman, those who are outside of what we do, much like those who are outside of the stock market or outside of the company in the example I just gave you. I don't know what's going on in the inner workings. Okay, so when somebody says the market is overbought, it's so high, the Dow is at 30,000, it's a horrible time to invest because the only place the market can go from here is down. The general response from those who are not inside the market is to believe that rhetoric and not invest. And that's what's happening in real estate all across the board right now. The outsiders are convincing themselves, really, because the insiders aren't listening to this BS, but they're convincing themselves that there are no deals in the market. You read this article and it says low inventory, the lowest inventory levels we've seen in the better part of a decade Right. And you want to believe the same thing. There's no deals out there. But I can tell you this every day, every day, I get notice from a wholesaler bringing a deal or I see a deal on the market. But what I'm telling you is I look every day. Right. So it really is changing your mindset a little bit and understanding that you can absolutely positively make money at a low inventory market. Furthermore, I would argue you can make more money in a low inventory market than you can make in a normal or high inventory market because of the scarcity. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. Your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I'm your host and a Foreclosure Deals Coach. Uh, they call me Donnie Corn. That's him, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wow. It, it is. It's, it's me in the flesh, or in this case, in the podcast. But whatever. Potato, potato. And that other voice you're hearing is the soulful sounds of my executive producer, Mr. Jonathan Winston. Ooh, yeah. Boom, baby. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? How y'all doing out there? I think they're living the dream, man. They're just so excited to hear from you. So what's going on, man? How's life? Well, you know, it's been going all right in general, but I know that this is something that is actually pretty close to your heart. And, you know, over my you know last couple of years here in Denver, I've kind of developed a uh, relationship and, you know, an affinity for it as well. Um, but one of the one of the you know premier jazz bars uh, in downtown Denver ended up closing for oh, good yeah. this week, yeah. and you know like I said I, I've you know I've had my experiences there, but I feel like you've had a few more in there as well. So tell them a little bit about it, what like and, and kind of why we're sad right now. Yeah, man, I'm just trying to get a, a little emotional about this because the bar is El Chapultepec, and it's an 87 year old jazz bar right in the heart of downtown Denver, a few minutes from uh, Rocky Stadium. And we're talking huge jazz musicians played there. Dizzy Gillespie played there. Um, I believe Miles Davis played there once. Um, And my wife, Laura, and I, when we were 
in our early stages of dating, right? This was uh, this was my. It's kind of a crappy little hole in the wall bar, right? Yeah. Um, smells a little like urine because the bathrooms are too close to the stage, but um, <laughs> and it's cash only. So you know, we were pretty convinced it was just a a front to launder money. But what it had going for it was bringing in these incredible jazz musicians incredible free music you could just walk in off the street and go in there and laura and i would come up to downtown denver call the springs where we lived at the time and we would we would just spend the evening dancing the night away to these incredible musicians and you know you and i both share like you said the affinity for music and a love for that that was kind of a home base for us um and to have that a casualty of the coronavirus is um is, is really hard because damn you corona you know, the opportunities to hear that kind of music, it's getting harder and harder to find a live music venue. Um, and then you lose one that has such a long and detailed history. Um, and again, we're not going to get into my feelings on how far we're taking this coronavirus thing, but it is, uh, it, it's painful to see some of the uh, unintended consequences of that. So thanks for bringing that up. Uh, RIP Ultra Pultepec, uh, where we're definitely going to, going to miss that venue amongst the other ones that we're probably going to lose the result of this. Um, and, and hopefully soon we can turn this thing around and allow these small businesses that have been around for, in this case, nearly a hundred years, give them a fighting chance by uh, changing the government activity in this area and, and, and helping these businesses that have, have provided for us for so long to stay in business. And I'm going to be honest with you, Donnie. Um, Every time I've went in there, I've been a little bit too saucy. So I don't even think I actually knew how to say the name. So you kind of like enlightened me a little bit right there. But um, El Chapultepec, yes, yeah. I'm sad about it. And it's, it's really bad. It, it's horrible, man. It's such a horrible loss. Um, so, you know, again, I, to the musicians who played there, thank you for the years of uh, support. And, um, and to those who didn't get to experience that and now won't because it's not reopening, like all I can say is I'm sorry. You know, and, I, and I'm sorry for the other businesses we're probably going to lose um, because of what I still feel is a overreaction um, to a, a this pandemic. I, I feel like we could have handled this better. So let's uh, let's lighten the mood a little bit. Thank you yeah, for the yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm I'm sorry, but it's it's close to my heart. I get it. Well, thank you for saying that. That that it does. I'm glad we mentioned it. So article today. It was on Housing Wire, and it mentions that despite low inventory, expect a strong 2021 housing market. And the title of the show is Making Money in a Low Inventory Market. Okay, so here's a couple of myths we're going to bust today, right? And a big one that I hear all the time is that the market is so hot, there are simply no deals on the market. Okay, that's silly. What has happened is that because the market is so hot, the savvy investors are getting there all the sooner. Let me tell you a little bit, just a quick story, okay, about the importance of acting quickly in any market where you're going to make a profit, okay? I've got a buddy who works for a company that recently went public. Okay. And he calls me up. It was like the day after my birthday. And he says, Hey, sorry, I missed your birthday, but I have a present for you. I'm like, all right. I'm working for this company. Wasn't allowed to talk about it until now, insider trading and all that. But I just got the green light that we're going public. This is the price. 
you need to sell everything you've got and invest in this stock. Now, I've known this guy for the better part of 20 years, okay? I also know that he's, you know, he's a salesman. He tends to be flowery, okay? But I do <laughs> believe that, you know, he calls with a stock tip like that, I should take it. I didn't sell everything I had, but I bought about 360 shares of this stock, okay? Long story short, it went up about 300%. Ooh. My little $7,000 investment went to like 20,000 bucks. Hey, we like that. And of course, I gave him a call. I'm like, thanks, man. He goes, oh, don't thank me. I prefer bottles of Cristal. <laughs> I like your friend. <laughs> Right. And, you know, how do you argue with that? The guy who calls you up, gives you a hot stock tip, you make a bunch of money on it. And so I got, of course, I got to buy the guy a bottle of Cristal. No question about it. Right. My point in all of this is we're in this low inventory market. Okay. So what's happening is the mindset of the layman, those who are outside of what we do, much like those who are outside of the stock market or outside of the company in the example I just gave you, I don't know what's going on in the inner workings. Okay. So when somebody says the market is overbought, it's so high, the Dow's at 30,000, it's a horrible time to invest because the only place the market can go from here is down. The general response from those who are not inside the market is to believe that rhetoric and not invest. Right? And that's what's happening in real estate all across the board right now. The outsiders are convincing themselves, really, because the insiders aren't listening to this BS, but they're convincing themselves that there are no deals in the market. Okay? You read this article and it says low inventory, the lowest inventory levels we've seen in the better part of a decade right? And you want to believe the same thing. There's no deals out there. But I can tell you this, every day, every day, I get notice from a wholesaler bringing a deal, or I see a deal on the market. But what I'm telling you is I look every day, right? So it really is changing your mindset a little bit and understanding that you can absolutely positively make money in a low inventory market. Furthermore, I would argue you can make more money in a low inventory market than you can make in a normal or high inventory market because of the scarcity. We are literally buying property. i give you an example, okay? We picked up a property um, listed on the market, where there are no deals, right? But we bought this thing for, it was listed for like 290 after the whole inspection process. We ultimately paid like 281 for the property, literally cleaned it up a little bit, little carpet, touched up some paint, back under contract for 320. Total rehab costs under five grand. Total profit, 40. Sounds like a deal to me. Uh, yep. <laughs> okay. Why? Because the retail value on this property fully fixed up. Okay. Is 380 to 390 because the inventory is so scarce. If you take a really great deal and you make it an okay deal in a scarce market, it will sell. 
I mean, it's amazing. It is amazing the capabilities right now if you understand how a low inventory market is operating. But like we've talked about on multiple shows, real estate investing, much like that stock tip, is based on speed. If my buddy had called and he says, hey, I need to sell everything you own and buy the stock, and I go, all right, I'll check in on it in about a week. You know, I'll move some stuff around. I'll get in. Literally, by the time a week had passed, I would have lost $20,000 on that trade. You don't have a week anymore. You've got hours. And if you're going to make a real estate investing decision, you've got to get out of your own way. This is not to say you should not do your analysis. One of the mistakes of rookie wholesalers is they bring me deals, and I'm doing air quotes for deals you can't see right now. But they're bringing me quote-unquote deals that they've not analyzed. They've not used dealhunter.io to understand what the exact comps on that property are so they can't pitch their value proposition properly because there is no value proposition, right? They're just so eager that they got a what they believe to be a motivated seller to agree to sell the property that they did not bother to do the damn homework. Okay. And if a wholesaler does that a couple of times with me, I stop taking their calls. I stop responding to their emails. And I think I speak for most major cash buyers out there where if you continue to waste my time, I will ignore you. You know, so don't waste my time. That's a pretty simple request on the scale of things. Don't waste my time. You know, and, and to avoid wasting time, understand two things. You've got to act quickly. Okay. Motivated seller says, yes, I'm interested. Have your contracts in place already. Have the assignment contract ready to go. Do your valuation model so you can be confident in the retail value of that property before you pitch it to your cash buyer list. And then walk in with absolute confidence. But all this has to happen in hours, not days, not weeks, hours. The low inventory market allows for those who can snipe small volume between what they're paying for it and what they're selling it for quickly as opposed to long-term trading strategies that require appreciation and et cetera. This can literally happen in a day or two if you're setting it up correctly, but you've got to understand how a low inventory market operates. And, and my fear is that most people do not. Most people have little understanding of how any market operates, much less a low inventory market. Okay, The real estate agents, God bless them, they have no idea what to do. Right. It's it's the holiday season. And generally speaking, when I was a real estate agent, we uh, we checked out right around Thanksgiving because it was cold. You know, it's Colorado and you're full from dinner. Right. Hmm. And then, of course, you've got to get through Christmas. And then right about mid-January, the agent population starts to starve to death again and they go back to work. You know, and I'm not knocking agents. I'm just telling you how it was when I was doing it. It was very difficult to get people to operate in November and December. It was a really good time to take a vacation. So they did really long vacations, right? This year, not the case <laughs> because we're in an extremely low inventory market. So, and that low inventory market translates into if you're used to selling buyers X amount of properties per year, 
you didn't sell that many this year. Not because there wasn't a plethora of buyers out there, because there are, it's that there wasn't enough inventory to sell them, right? So you probably wrote 10, 15, 20 offers out there to get lucky and bag one of them. It's a tough time to be a buyer's agent, you know? On the listing side, people who are selling property or they focus on that, sellers have all sorts of considerations on why they don't want to sell right now. One of them that we didn't see coming was they don't want people in their homes, you know, the, the obvious fear of coronavirus. How many of our sellers are elderly people? How many are in the, quote, high-risk category for coronavirus? A lot of them. Yeah. You know, our population is aging. They're not getting younger. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. You know, one question I'm asked all the time is how do I get started in real estate investing? Here's the thing. In order to get into the game, you got to have access to the big data that drives the real estate market. After all, you wouldn't trade stocks without a trading platform, and you shouldn't get started in investing in real estate without DealHunter.io. DealHunter.io is an application that I use daily to find the best deals in the real estate market, to provide that information to my lending partner so I can fund those deals, to know how to fix those deals, to bring them in line with the market, and most importantly, how to sell those deals at a profit. So if you're looking to get started in real estate investing, head on out to dealhunter.io and sign up for a free seven-day trial of the PropStream application that'll separate you from other competitors of the real estate market. With that, this is Donnie Corum from dealhunter.io reminding you, don't buy a house buy a deal so you go to them as an agent or as a wholesaler or whatever role you're playing and you say i want you to sell your house they may be eager to do it but you better have a plan on where to put them because most people will not sell into homelessness you know it's not that's not the progression that you want to take after you've just closed on you know however much you got paid for your home i've got i've got all this money but nothing to buy with i live in a shopping cart now <laughs> you know so that that combination created this really low inventory market how do you profit from that act quicker okay get get moving faster have solutions quicker, be able to run your comps better, have the prop stream application on your phone so you can run those comps from the field or a laptop. Guys, listen, you got to start thinking about the major leagues here, okay? It is possible to make, again, arguably more money in a low inventory market than in a normal market. So if you're not making money right now in real estate, it's you. And I'm, I'm Sorry to smack you around a little bit, but this is it comes down to what you're doing. Whatever activities you're spending time doing right now, it's on you right now. Because I can tell you that we are buying properties. We're negotiating deals literally in between recording shows today. I got a text message that an offer we submitted 30 days or so ago. They hemmed in hard and no, I'm not going to accept that. And they accepted it. Hmm. You know. 227 purchase price against a 275, 280 retail. You know, what am I going to do with it? I don't know. It's a low inventory market. I could just as soon list it for 240, 250 and have a fighting chance of getting it sold. 
right? Um, or I can fix it up, make it really pretty and sell it at the top of the market, 275, 280. And because there's literally nothing available below 300 grand in the Colorado Springs market, we, we had one we listed last Friday, 15 showings on day one, 18 showings on day two, six offers by day three, 15 grand over asking price under contract. So that, that, that if you get it up to the top of the market at that 275, you're saying that you might get up to three anyway. I, I mean, I think I'm going to clear 280. I think the issue with going to three, as, as you pointed out, on the low inventory market, this is another concern that people don't factor in, is we still got these guys, the appraisers. Oh, uh, Okay right? Who are, who are limiting it. The last one we did, we went under contract at 335. I was so excited because we had a list price of 320, I believe. So, you know, we're making 15 grand more than we thought. Payday, baby, right? Appraisal came in at 317. Now, did I disagree with the appraisal? 100%. Are there steps you can take to get the appraisal to reconsider? You can, but they're time consuming. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and that yeah. time consumption, like we've got four or five deals right now pending purchase that are contingent on selling the properties that we have, you know? So unfortunately I just had to take the haircut, not happy about it. We're still going to make a profit just 18 grand less than I thought I was going to make, you know? So the trade-off of this low inventory market is you're going to see prices go above asking to your point, like you just said, but it may not appraise for that. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, the appraisers are pumping the brakes right now. They're scared. Because if you go back to 08, 09, when this thing collapsed, the, uh, the powers that be pointed the finger of problem at two industries. The mortgage industry, who they said was lending money to borrowers who could not qualify. Somewhat true, but it worked. And then the appraisers, who they said were overvaluing the properties. And they took it so far, I mean, the, the penalty right out of the gate, if you, you know, break the law in a regulated industry, they tend to take your license, right? So a lot of appraisers were threatened with that. But then they went a step further where they offered jail time. Oh, wow. Right? And they said these guys were pushing it. And I don't agree with it at all. I don't think the appraisers had anything to do with it. But I, I am an appraiser, so that's probably a factor. But I don't think we should have been blamed if a guy wants to buy a property at a certain price and the bank wants to lend the money to buy that property at that price, how could it possibly be our fault as the appraiser? That was my argument, you know, but that's not how they handled it. They, they really came down in the appraisal industry. Um, and it was a fearful time. You know, a lot of guys got out of the game at that point. We're still struggling to get appraisers back in the industry now because nobody wants to do their job well and then face, you know, legal ramifications for, for doing, doing what they were told to do. Yeah, for doing a good job. It's one thing to be terrible at your job and then have to deal with something like that. You you probably would kind of be expecting that. Right. You know, if you're doing a good job and, you know, going about it with an honest eye, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So I can see, I can understand a little trepidation on their part. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and then since then, it's been difficult to get the appraiser industry up. So part of what we're seeing in the scarcity of the market, we did a show talking about um, how supply chain was off and labor resources were off. Well, I, I didn't mention that appraisals are off. It's taking longer to get an appraisal done because the market is uber stupid hot um, and there aren't enough appraisers to keep up. 
You know, so the, that's the other issue we have right now is there's just not enough appraisal. Nobody wants to go into the appraisal industry um, until recently it didn't pay very well, to be honest, but they doubled the appraisal fee. And as annoying as that was, as a guy you know, who pays that as part of the closing cost of a property, I have to say that the appraisers were being underpaid for many, many years. But appraisals, at least in the Colorado market, were commonly at about 375 to 400 is what you'd expect to pay for an appraisal. Recently, it's gone to 750. You know, and, and I have to say that it's worth it. I feel like, A, it'll, it'll attract more people into the industry because they're going to make a good living. And B, this is a tough task right now. The market's moving so fast um, that if you don't keep up, I, I, like I said, that appraisal, I disagree wholeheartedly with that. Like I, I have the comp to support a much higher comp, but it, there's a lot of data going on right now. And an appraisal is an interpretation of value. It's a, it's an opinion, you know, and his opinion was clearly different than mine. Obviously I think I'm right, but you know, you can't argue with there's so much data to crunch right now. We could both be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong though. Cause I'm pretty rarely wrong. Yeah, of course. Go on. Uh, he's, he's the foreclosure deals coach. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this is to say that here we are in a low inventory market. There's not a lot of houses available capitalize on that. You can make bank right now. You know, if you're a wholesaler, not licensed, you're just going out there, you're finding a deal on an off-market motivated seller, motivated seller, and you just take that property from off-market to on-market, you can make a profit on that. You know, some of the sellers do not want people trouncing through their property right now. They do not want to go through the loan process. They have waited till the last minute. They've got to relocate because their job has been lost or the company's moved them somewhere else. And that was happening whether coronavirus was in place or not. Okay, that, that's the reality of people's lives regardless of the pandemic. But now it's happening and there's the solution used to be put your house on the market and sell it. But what if you can't? What if you cannot go on the market because you don't want people in your home? What if you cannot go on the market because you can't wait 30 to 45 days for this to close? What we do is we provide speed and convenience where there is none. And you have to start thinking about what massive industries have been created based on something that was done before that they just made easier and more convenience. Let me give you an example. Uber, right? The taxi cab industry was fine. You called for a cab. What did Uber do? They made it easier. Man, you just look, go on your phone and you can call it right there from your phone. You don't even have to talk to somebody. Man, makes sense. It's GPS to track your location, right? The taxi cab industry complained. They whined. You're, you're going to destroy us by allowing Uber to exist. Nobody cares. It made it more convenient. Netflix. You just have to wait till next week to watch your favorite show. Tune in next week when we find out what happens. Not anymore. You wait about five seconds. It goes to the next episode. Yeah. Right? Gary Vaynerchuk went on to say that the key to industries now, not that every great idea has been thought of, but the money is being made on taking existing industries and making them easier, more efficient, and simpler. 
because the consumer doesn't have near the patience they used to have, right? Everybody is aware, at least everybody I talk to on the wholesaling side, we're trying to buy a house, is aware that they will make more money if they list it and sell the property. I am crystal clear on that. However, if you do not want to do showings, if you would like to pick the closing date of your choice, if you want to know exactly what you're going to net, not theoretically based on commission, based on all the other items that could go into that really extensive HUD closing statement, if you want to know down to the penny what you're going to net, you might want to deal with me. I am one option that is more convenient and simpler, but I'm certainly not the most profitable as a wholesaler, right? Does that mean we're bad guys? Heck no. I think a lot of people are switching to convenience right now. I think a lot of people in a low inventory market, listen, I said 18 showings in the span of a day. Okay? If you lived in a house who got 18 showings, what's that day going to be like? You might as well just not even be home. You might need to go to the mountains or something because <laughs> it's going to be very annoying. What's that week going to be like? Right? Because it could go on for a while. Who knows? You know what I mean? You're right. You're 100%. You got to move somewhere else. What if you're elderly? What if you've got children? What if it's just not an option? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We are providing an, an, a solution to a problem. We're not here to hurt anybody. In a low inventory market, there are actually more problems than there are normally, right? Because more people are going to come see your property. There's a supply chain problem. So if you've got to make repairs, contingency of selling the home to a retail buyer, you may not be able to find the parts to make those repairs. If you're on a tight time frame, we are struggling. Interest rates are so low right now, okay, that the mortgage brokers are completely overwhelmed. They tell us we're going to close on Tuesday. I can tell you we haven't hit an accurate closing date in the better part of three months. Okay? And I don't want to be upset with the mortgage guys. I get it. People, if you've got a brain right now, refinancing down to two, two and a half percent is just intelligent. At the end of the day. So everybody's doing it. So they're super busy, you know? So, but if you're a retail seller, a motivated seller, and you need to close on a certain date and you don't want people in your property and you live out of state or something, so you can't do the repairs even if you wanted to, and you couldn't find the parts if you wanted to, because they don't, they don't have them at the store, the best option might be selling it to an investor. So we provide that option in a low inventory market. We are providing a service. What a wonderful time to be a real estate investor. You know, because we can solve so many more problems today than we normally can. Take advantage of that. You can make money in a low inventory market. The first thing you got to do is stop telling yourself that there are no deals in the marketplace. It's quite the opposite. In a low inventory market, there are more deals available because there are less houses on the market. Which means you've got a whole bunch of sellers who want to sell, but because of all the problems that I've mentioned today on the show, they simply can't do it by conventional means. They need us to come in and solve these problems for them. So help them with that, and you can change their life and your life at the same time. It's an incredible time, you know? 
So listen, how do you get started? Well, maybe you need more information. Maybe you're not sure what the first steps are. Let me give you a first step. Step one, why don't you join the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group? Become part of people who are trying to get their footing, their traction in the real estate investment market right alongside you. We don't have all the answers. We have as many questions as you do, but we're surrounding ourselves by people who have the answers. And together, we can build this network that can assist you with doing doing your first or your 50th deal, wherever you happen to be in, in the pipeline there. Okay. Get started. Join the group. There'll be a link right here in the show notes. And then if you're ready to take it to the next phase, you may want to consider a paid coach to walk you through all of the steps of your first deal. And if I were picking a paid coach, I would pick a guy who's doing 40 to 50 flips a year right now. But where would we find such a rock star? Uh, I don't know, man. Johnny Cora, man, me. Uh, uh, Jeez. uh, uh, Whose show are you on? The Colorado tree, my man. So, so my point is, as always, you got to take action. You know, you're listening to the show. You're getting all hyped up. You know, I talk to people who hear the show. It's like, you know what bugs me about your show? It's how short it is. Like, I want more. Like, you get to this 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, I can't believe it's over. I love to hear that. But if you were listening to the show and getting all amped up and ready to go, and then you do nothing about it, what a waste. You know, let's take some action together. Let's go out and make your first million dollars of real estate investing. And if you're incapable of dreaming that big right now, let's just work on getting your first deal done in a low inventory market where I'm going to argue if you've got the gumption and the marketing systems in place, it's going to be easier to move a deal right now than it has been in the history of the United States of America. Let's get going. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, guys, that's our show for today. Listen, always, always a pleasure to have you guys here each and every week uh, to talk about my passion, what I love in real estate investing. And I hope that you will join us in the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group. And I appreciate you tuning in each and every single week. Tell your friends, tell your mom about the show. Tell everybody that the Foreclosure Deals Coach is changing lives right here on this podcast. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach, reminding you now and always, don't buy a house, buy, buy a, a deal. deal. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach, for the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing. Become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.